terror, a terrorized world. We live in a sinful world. We live in American Girl store. I'm just kidding. That's not that bad, I guess. Um, but it's not, it's not a place where we would want to see ourselves long term. I don't know if I'm the only one that agrees with that. But it doesn't provide us peace. This world doesn't. But I know, and I hope you guys know, that there is one who will come or who did come and does provide peace. My hope is not in what this world can offer me, and I hope that your hope is not in this world can offer you, but in the hope that what, of Jesus. God said in this passage, I will bring someone greater than these, son of David, talking about Jesus. I don't know about you, but after reading that, it makes me even more want the only real thing that I have to, available to me, and that's Jesus. Yes, there's a lot of great things of this world. Yes, there's a lot of terrible things of this world. But the one true thing that I know for sure is Jesus, and I want him no matter what it costs. Welcome to the PC Youth Pod. Thank you for taking time to listen. This week we are bringing you part two of our message, Exiled. So if you missed the first one, go back and listen to it. So grab your Bible and something to write with as we get into God's Word. Not mine. So I'm excited to share with you guys. Um, I don't remember if you can think back two weeks ago about when I spoke last. I talked about being in exile. Does anyone remember that? Okay, good. We're on the same page a little bit. So tonight is exiled part two. So last week I preached out of Jeremiah 29, um, and that passage is very, very powerful. It's all about God sending his people of Jerusalem into Babylon, um, which at that time was one of the most sinful cities in in the world, not a place to be, if anyone can agree. Um, I compared it a lot to what we live in like what we live like today. Um, this world is full of terror, it's full of darkness, and it's not it's not the best. So God sent his people there to represent him and to live like him. And last week um, or two weeks ago I talked about what it's like to live like Jesus in the darkness. Um, in a city full of sin and darkness, we're called to be like God's people and be his light even though it may seem hopeless, but there is a promise. Um, And if you go to the next chapter, we're not going to read it yet, but the next chapter of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 30, um, God talks about the promise for his people in Babylon. So he sent them there, they were exiled, and it's a tough place to be. I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure out of Jerusalem, were like, God, are you sure you want me to go there? And God promised them to deliver them after the after the fact, after they do his work and proclaim his name. So we're going to read that in a bit, but first I have a story. And like we're talking about, promise of deliverance, has there ever been a time when you guys, it could be funny, it could be serious, but when you found yourself in a situation where you're like, I need to get out of this place, I need to be delivered from wherever I'm at, it's not good, I'm not having a fun time, um... Anyone? Anyone think of it? Think of it while I share mine. So about, I don't even know, five years ago, I would say, let's just estimate five years ago, my family and I, I don't know if you know my family, I have three or two brothers and a younger sister, I'm the oldest, um, but my family and I were going to Seattle, Seattle, Washington, um, go Giants, not Mariners, if anyone was thinking that, um, we went to Seattle for an Elevation Worship concert, and it probably wasn't five years ago, but it's good for, good for story's sake. And on the way, no, it was five years ago because I remember, okay. For story's sake, my sister, Adeline, she's in the back. She's not, no, she doesn't know I'm sharing this, so she'll grace on her later. She loved, loved, and I think she still does, American Girl dolls. Anyone like American Girl? Anyone still like American Girl? Gavin, raise his hand. She has a lot of American Girl dolls. 
She raised her hand too, Addie did. She's like, don't share it, please, please don't share it. She has a lot of American Girl dolls, and for whatever reason, she needed more. We were in Seattle, and apparently there's this big American Girl store at this mall in Seattle, one of the biggest in the country, and they're like, Mom, can we please go? And me and my brothers look at each other, we're like, are you kidding me? Like, why do we have to go to the American Girl store? We're going to a concert, like, this is not the place we want to be. So, since she's the littlest, she's a sister, she got the way she wanted, which is good. We went to the American Girl store, it's massive, like three times the size of this room probably, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm like 16 years old. I walk in, me and my brothers look at each other, we're like, we do not belong here. There was so many 10-year-old girls running around with their mom, 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 can I have this tennis skirt for my American Girl doll? Like thousands of them, I swear. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. We look at each other, we're like, we have to get out of here. So we walked around for a little bit, I'm just like, kind of like this, why am I a 16-year-old kid in the American Girl store? And it was terrible. I felt like I needed to be delivered. God needed me to be delivered from that situation. (laughs) But as I was thinking about it, I was like, that's probably what God's people felt like to a much deeper level in Babylon. Um, So to keep going, we were there for like two hours, I swear we were, I promise, Two hours in the American Girl store, and Addie, I think, got like five dolls, maybe ten. Just kidding, I think one, hopefully just one. But my brothers and I, the whole time, and my dad, were like, why are we here? There's so many other stores we could be at. We're going to a concert. So my dad looks at me, and he's like, let's get out of here. Let's go shopping somewhere else. And we're like, thank you. But as I was preparing this message, I couldn't help but be reminded of that story when I was in a situation where I did not want to be at. Hey, my parents just walked in. They missed the best part. I was in a situation where I I didn't want to be at. My brothers and I were lost. We were not supposed to be in the American Girl store. Um, But we were sent there. And I think our sister was probably happy that we were. But I couldn't help but relate this to how God's people felt when they were in Babylon. Um, But like my dad did, he delivered us. There was a promise. Hey, we're going to leave eventually. Thank goodness. We're going to leave eventually. You helped your sister out. You were good. You were a good brother. We're going to leave. You're delivered from the situation. So as funny as that might be, um, God's people felt that to a much deeper level in Babylon. They were there sent by God in Jeremiah 29, um, and they did God's work. They were acted like him. They proclaimed his name, and they were bold, like Emma said, in the darkness, and they were bold in a non-hopeful world. Um, but as we dive into Jeremiah chapter 30... God promised to deliver them. So I want to read that with you, if you want to open up to your Bible. Who has their Bible? Ooh, that's a little bit more, like four. Remember that one week when I gave away money and there was like 50 people with their Bible? What happened to that? Come on. I gave away $5 to at least 100 people. That's an exaggeration. But there's four now? Okay. Money is persuasive, I guess. Jeremiah chapter 30. It's long, so bear with me. I might stumble upon my words. Starting in verse 1. It says, and note that the title of this whole chapter is Promises of Deliverance. So there's multiple. Jeremiah 30, chapter, or verse 1. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. This is after God had sent their people to Babylon and told them how to live. He says, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Write down for, the record, for record everything I have said to you, Jeremiah. For the time is coming when I will restore the fortunes of my people of Israel and Judah. I will bring them home to this land that I gave to their ancestors, and they will possess it again. So he's going to bring his people back from Babylon to Jerusalem. 
I lost track. This is a message the Lord gave concerning Israel and Judah. This is what the Lord says. I hear cries of fear. There is terror and no peace. Does that sound familiar at all? Now let me ask you a question. Do men give birth to babies? Then why do they stand there ashen-faced, hands pressed against their sides like a woman in labor? In all history, there has never been such a time of terror. It will be a time of trouble for my people of Israel. Yet, in in the end, they will be saved. For in that day, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will break the yoke from their necks and snap their chains. Foreigners will no longer be their masters. For my people will serve the Lord of their God and their king descended from David, the king I will raise up for them. He's talking about Jesus. So do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, Israel, says the Lord. For I will bring you home again from distant lands and your children return from their exile. Israel will, will return to a life of peace and quiet and no one will terrorize them. For I am with you and will save you, says the Lord. I will completely destroy the nations where I have scattered you, but will not completely destroy you. I will discipline you, but with justice. I cannot let you go unpunished. Move down to uh, verse 17. He says, I will give you back your health and heal your wounds, says the Lord. For you are called an outcast, Jerusalem for for whom no one cares. This is what the Lord says. When I bring Israel home again from captivity and restore their fortunes, Jerusalem will be rebuilt on its ruins. In the palace reconstructed as before, there will be joy and songs of thanksgiving, and I will multiply my people, not diminish them. I will honor them, not despise them. Their children will will prosper as they did long ago. I will establish them as a nation before me, and I will punish anyone who hurts them. They will have their own ruler again, and he will come from their own people. I will invite him to approach me, says the Lord. For who would dare to come unless uninvited? Unless invited. You will be my people, and I will be your God. Almost there, I promise. Look, the Lord's anger bursts out like a storm, a driving wind that swirls down on the heads of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord will not diminish until it has finished all he has planned. In the days to come, you will understand all of this. Take a breath. I need a breath. That's a lot. That's a lot. So it's important to know in this time, in Jeremiah, this was before Jesus had came, this was before his death on the cross, this is in the Old Testament. So what he's talking about in this passage mainly or firstly is a promise of Jesus. He says the son of David will come and he and he will come to deliver. And I think it's important to know like this just like 2 weeks ago Jeremiah chapter 29 it speaks for itself so does this. Like I literally don't have to say a word. I know I said that 2 weeks ago, but that scripture is so dead on to say this is what I had you do and this is the promise I have for you. Um, so I have a few points of it from this. Promise of deliverance is the first. It's so hopeful knowing that, he says in verse 5, I hear cries of fear, there is terror and no peace. As I was reading that, it kind of spoke to me. I said, I was just saying to myself, that sounds really familiar. We live in a terror, a terrorized world. We live in a sinful world. We live in American Girl store. I'm just kidding. That's not that bad, I guess. Um, but it's not, it's not a place where we would want to see ourselves long term. I don't know if I'm the only one that agrees with that. But it doesn't provide us peace. This world doesn't. But I know, and I hope you guys know, that there is one who will come, or who did come and does provide peace. My hope is not in what this world can offer me, and I hope that your hope is not in this world can offer you, but in the hope that what, of Jesus. God said in this passage, I will bring someone greater than these, son of David, talking about Jesus. I don't know about you, but after reading that, it makes me even more want the only real thing that I have to, available to me, and that's Jesus. 
Yes, there's a lot of great things of this world. Yes, there's a lot of terrible things of this world. But the one true thing that I know for sure is Jesus, and I want him no matter what it costs. Jesus is all my... I was listening to a worship song today. Um, kind of a crazy week. Had a lot thrown at me and just dealing with a lot of things. So I was just kind of in my office today praying and worshiping, and I was listening to this song called Real Thing, and it's, it says over and over, Jesus, you're all my heart beats for. I want more of you. I want the real thing. And it just was... I was just kind of in my office broken today as I was preparing for this. It's so crucial that we that we understand the promise that God has for you. I don't know what season you're in. I'm really thankful that we're coming out of this past season. Today's the day, right? It's all over. Um, but we all came out of it. We all experienced it for a year and a half. And I just have been praying and my heart's been hoping that there's so much hope for this next season. There's so much hope for what is to come. And I, I, there's so much hope in the promise that God has for us. God's people did not, they did their duties in Babylon. They served him, as he said, in chapter 29. So when God's work is done, there is a life beyond the darkness. They were in Babylon, they were serving him, even if it was against their own will, but they later see that there's a life beyond the darkness in Babylon. There's a promise of God to be delivered. So as I was just kind of reading over this and praying over this and praying over you guys tonight, I just couldn't stop thinking about the promise of heaven. The promise of heaven means there's a promise for eternity. There's a promise of life. There's a promise of rest. There's a promise of fulfillment. There's a promise of confidence. There's a promise of constant peace. That's all what heaven brings. And I don't know about you, but that to me sounds pretty appealing. And although we all have our different opinions about when eternity is, I want to get to as close as I can to the one person that will provide me eternity, which is Jesus. The first point, if all my points are out of Scripture, is He is with you and He will save you. If you look back at verse 11, He says, For I am with you and I will save you. Not, for I am with you, uh, you didn't do your job in Babylon so you're not saved. No, you did your work that I asked you to do and I'm going to save you from what you thought was a dark place. You, you, you honored your parents, and I'm going to save you. It's so applicable. There's a Savior greater than this world. Just as God's people were saved in Babylon, Jesus will come to save his people from this earth. It's not our home. And I just kept wrestling with this fact, like, this passage is so clearly talking about the promise of Jesus and the promise of, of eternity. But I couldn't help but just sit in my office today, Grieving, like, Jesus, I want as much as you as I can right now. I want to be as close to eternity as possible when that time comes. It's so important that we, that I feel like it's so important that we get to a position where, where that's our stance. God, I know I'm in a season where it's tough. I know I'm in a season where, where there's a lot of struggle, but put, come and just move as much as you can in a season to where I'm as close to eternity as possible. It's so encouraging to me that to know that this is not our home. Earth is not our home. And why would we not seek a glimpse of what eternity is like? The second part of this is that Jesus will walk with you and he will guide you. He will take the pressure off of decisions. So many of us are graduating. Like I said, we're moving into a new, a new season of life. And he takes the pressure off. The more you chase God, the more you chase the kingdom 
the more there's the less pressure there is to make these big decisions. Where am I going to go to school? What am I going to do next? What's my next job going to be like? Oh, I'm entering into high school. This is a new scary season. But if you chase God, the pressure is off. He knows what's ahead of you. You don't. The more you chase God, there's no more pressure to, to make the right decision because God's already made it before you're even born. And I would, I had to learn that the hard way. He will walk with you and He will guide you. He knows, He knows you to a much greater level than you know yourself. Imagine literally walking, like put yourself, let me, maybe in Bible times. Imagine literally walking with Jesus, right here, walking with Him. And He's walking alongside of you every day of your life, just for a day, how about? He's walking with you for a day and He said, Spencer, nope, don't do that. Yes, do this. No, don't do this. Yep, don't go that way. That's going to lead to eternity. No, don't do that. He's literally guiding you. We have access to that. Although He's not here through the power of the Holy Spirit speaking into us and moving through our lives, we have access to literally walk with Him. And that's so reassuring to me. It's available. God delivered us from that very thing that people whom were exiled to Babylon experienced. Yeah, we may not be in Babylon today, but there's still a promise of deliverance from whatever you're facing. Just as God promised to, to, to keep His exiled people safe. You may feel exiled in your current situation, whether that be anxiety or depression or an outcast in school, God's going to deliver you if you walk with Him. God will deliver you from American Girl Store. <laughs> this one's a little bit personal to me. My second point is He will give you back your health. I don't know what you carry. Maybe you walked in here with Mental health, anxiety, depression, like I said, mental health is a big deal. No matter what the circumstance is, the power of Jesus will restore you if you let him. I have another story. It's not as happy this time. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I got four concussions um, playing football. Yeah, this one's, this one's tough. I got four concussions playing football. My, very, my last one, when they told me I couldn't play football anymore for the rest of my life, Obviously, that news alone is enough to kind of make you grieve. Um, but I was dealing with a lot of emotional and physical, literal physical side effects to that. Corey can attest to this. I didn't, I wasn't open about the way I was feeling. I was just constantly down here in a bad mood and I was having trouble remembering things and my mental health was not good. I was anxious all the time. I was constantly depressed. And I believe part of that was from the physical side effects of being hit in the head four times to a high level, but also to the fact that I wouldn't give that grieving season over to the Lord. I tried so hard to to overcome four concussions or losing football by myself that it put me down here instead of up here with Jesus. It's tough to think about. Having four concussions alone isn't good, um, but but trying to overcome such a big obstacle of losing something that's been so important in your life alone is not any better. Once I finally handed that moment of my life over to the Lord and realized, okay, God, you don't have me at George Fox University to play football. I don't know what you have me here for, but it's obviously something different. Once I laid that before him and just prayed and prayed and prayed for my head to be healed and and just hand that 
season of my life over, God began to, to fix me. He began to, to heal me of my anxiety, to heal me of my depression. And it was tough. I spent a whole semester of college in my dorm, watching my roommate go to football practice every day. It's really real when you've played or been involved in something. Maybe you've, maybe you've had something similar. You've been involved in something your whole life and suddenly it's taken away from you and you're like, okay, what's next? I don't know why I always get so serious when I talk to you guys. <laughs> but like I said, the moment I finally got on my knees before the Lord and said, Jesus, football's gone. I get it. You probably had to take it away from me for other reasons. It's gone. I understand. Please direct me the rest of the way. I thought I was here for football, but obviously I'm not. God, guide me, heal me, and all I have is yours now. He gave me back my health. Like he says in verse 17, I will give you back your health and heal your wounds. I was wounded. I was broken. I was grieving. I thought football was my thing. But both physically and mentally, emotionally, I was healed. God God came and delivered me from that season. It took me swallowing my pride. Oh, I can do this on my own. But And coming to the realization that football wasn't my purpose. No matter how great some earthly things can be, I love this, I love football, I love, I love it to death. It's hard for me to watch it now, but no, no matter how great some things can be on this earth, I have a much greater hope for the, for what is to come in eternity in the future I have in Jesus. He knows that before I did. He knew that, that there was gonna have to be a moment that kind of shook me and woke me up and said, to make me say, all right, Jesus, I have, you have my life. I hope you're tracking. I'm just trying to see if I'm tracking with myself. Just as God's people were delivered from Babylon, I was a, delivered from emotional trauma. My Savior's cross has set me free. Jesus sacrificed on the cross for me. He came later in this passage, or later in, on in the Bible after Jeremiah. He came and rescued his people and died on the cross for us. So that we can be healed, we can be set free, we can be delivered, and he promised that. It's available. You may not be having four concussions and, and losing a sport, but maybe, maybe you're dealing with anxiety or depression or impurity or any other situation, and you feel like you're in Babylon. Maybe you're, like I said, the new person in school and you feel like an outcast. It doesn't have to be the same as me, but God still promises deliverance. My last point, and this is the one that kind of set me at peace when I was preparing this. He says in verse 18, this is what the Lord says. When I bring Israel home again from captivity, from captivity and restore their fortunes, Jerusalem will be rebuilt on its ruins and the palace reconstructed as before. He will bring you home. I was lost. I was in, I was in, I was living as part of the, as part of this world. I was making ungodly decisions. I was broken. I was shattered. I was lost. I wasn't at home. I was far away from home. But God promises, like He did in this passage to His people in of Jerusalem, he promises to bring them home from Babylon. So, for so many weeks I've been wrestling on, 
and realizing that I lived in Babylon, one of the worst cities. Theoretically, I lived there for years. And I was living of Babylon, not living of, of Jerusalem. Although you, we may feel like we are in a constant state of being exiled, we are delivered. Through Jesus, through his promise, there, there's hope for, for what's to come. There's hope for this new season. It was terrible. We feel like we were isolated for months. Luckily, we were able to still meet and gather together, but the world pushed this feeling of isolation upon us, probably not intentionally. I mean, I would hope not. But every single one of us, to some extent, over the past year and a half, felt isolated. Whether that be actually isolated in your room, quarantining, or isolated because you weren't able to see anybody. The devil, I believe strongly that the the enemy used this last season so well to make every single one of us feel like we were in a constant state of isolation. Hey, but the good news, the good news is Jesus will bring us home out of isolation. We no longer have to live in Babylon. As long as we chase after Jesus and chase after what he wants us to do and the way he wants us to live and let him guide our lives, Jerusalem's coming. Home is coming. Eternity is coming. I want to read this verse again. Verse 19 through 22, it says, There will be joy and songs of thanksgiving, and I will multiply my people, not diminish them. I will honor them, not despise them. Hardy, as you want to come up, their children will prosper as they did long ago. I will establish them as a nation before me, and I will punish anyone who hurts them. They will have their own ruler again, and he will come from their own people. I will invite him to approach me, says the Lord, for who would dare to come unless invited? You will be my people, and I will be your God. Losing football, no idea. I felt a call of ministry on my life from a very young age, but I had no clue that in the midst of that season I would meet an amazing girl at Corey. I had no clue that I was going to be able to graduate college a few a year early and be able to stand here before you guys. But it was so amazing to see, and this is not me bragging, this is just me showing God's glory. It was so amazing for me from the moment I got on my knees and said, God, I, you're my, I'm yours. Do whatever you want with me. The moment I gave him permission to actually lead me and guide me, the moment blessings started pouring in over and over and over. I felt emotionally strong again. I felt like I had the capacity to remember things. I had the capacity to love Corey the way she deserves. For a long time, it wasn't that way. She can attest. I wasn't able to to have long and deep conversations about the Lord. I wasn't, it was, I was physically hurt and emotionally hurt. But the moment I laid it all down and said, Jesus, please just pour into my life. Blessing overflowed. I don't deserve to be up here at all. No way. I'm, me and Pastor Aaron say it all the time. I'm still in process. He's still in process. We're all in process. None of us have arrived. But what we all do have in common is the promise of Jesus Christ, our Lord, to come and to deliver us from whatever you are facing. I believe that someone tonight is going to be healed of anxiety and depression. 
I believe that someone is going to be removed from their situation and on the path of righteousness. But it takes it takes a step of faith. I'm not a very lovey-dovey type of guy. I don't think I ever got on my knees before the Lord before that moment. But when I did and made an actual step of God, please move. He delivered. Yes, I'm still being delivered of things. I'm not all the way there. I'm like Amazon, halfway shipped, one day remaining. All of us are that way. But there is things along the way, just like Amazon, where it says, okay, you're arrived in Portland. You're arrived in Salem. Oh, you're out for delivery. You can be delivered from things on the way. That doesn't mean you're going to be all the way. You're not going to be arrived home until eternity. But just like Amazon, there's steps. I believe some people are going to be delivered from some of their steps tonight. You're going to move from Portland to Salem, from Salem to out to delivery. I hope that analogy makes sense. I want so bad for people to be either delivered completely removed from any situation they're in. Based on my own pride and my own my own ignorance, I got myself into a lot of situations that I could have avoided. And I thank God every single day for alerting me when he did because it could have been way worse. And maybe it's something small. Pastor Aaron and I say it all the time. We want to catch a, a sin or an issue in infancy before for, before maturity. God, catch it now. It's not that big a deal, but catch it now and deal with it. I don't want this thing to mature. God, I've struggled so long with anxiety or I've struggled so long with depression or I've, I've struggled so long with looking at things I shouldn't look at. God, I've, I've struggled for so long with feeling alone. God, I feel, I've struggled with so long for being insecure, but deliver me, please. You promised it. It's available to you. I'm not making any sense at all. But God sent his people into Babylon. They did his work. They lived like him to the best of their ability. And eventually he delivered them. So why can't he do the same to you? Please don't miss this. God has something for every single one of you in this room. If you let him. I know I get serious a lot. I don't know why that is. But there's something serious about the power of Jesus. There's something serious about about the love he has for us. And maybe some of you haven't even heard of that love before. Jesus came as a baby, a perfect little baby. God sent him his only son, God's only son. He sent him on this earth to live just like as we did as a human, but he lived a perfect life. He experienced temptation of every sin that we have, but he never gave in. He lived a perfect sinless life. And in order to cover our own sins, he died on the cross for us. Imagine back in Bible times, you're one of the apostles and you're walking along with him and he's helping you live good 
and all of a sudden he has to get sacrificed? Imagine. He died a probably the most brutal death possible for us. But he's still so powerful, he rose again, and he lives, and he's coming back soon. And he can deliver you from whatever you're experiencing because of that resurrection power. And maybe some of you need to accept, accept, accept him into your life tonight. I don't know. Maybe you want to accept him and be delivered of things. But I just want to make sure every one of you know that he loves you. My situation could have been way worse. And I pray to God that none of you have to experience it. But there's probably some of you that have a way more difficult situation that I had to go through. God can still deliver it. God can still bring you through that. I actually know for a fact that there's worse situations out there. God wants you healed. The culture tells you otherwise. The culture tells you that's the way you were made. You're going to be that way forever. That's what our world tells us. Oh, there's no way. That's Everybody goes through that. There's no way you're going to ever over, overcome that. No. No way. That's not what Jesus says. I just feel deeply that that there's massive insecurity in this room. The ultimate security is in Jesus. I'm going to do my best every single day for the rest of my life to stay on this line. I've gone through so much in my relationship with Jesus that the moment I kind of go like that, God corrects me right away and I have to stay on this. He doesn't let me, He doesn't leave me much room for error. Pastor Aaron says it a lot. I could lose everything in an instant. I'm not dumb. We both tell each other that. My flesh, my humanness, I'm not dumb. So God keeps me on a tight rope. But I'm thankful for that because I know that that my flesh could lead me way over here in an instant. And it has. But the moment that I said, God, here, I'm following been easier and I have no idea what you guys are going through I'm not that much older than you and there's way more things that you all have to go through that I didn't it's not like the world makes it easy on us but I believe with the power of the Holy Spirit it can become easier how many of you believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is so real that in any situation I start to drift nope any situation can be delivered so I just believe tonight that some of you need to come forward we're going to get some leaders up here and some of you just need to be prayed for you can be as open as you want about it with the leader you can tell him everything or you can just say I need prayer I need God to deliver me I'm that way I'm right here I'm here first I need God to deliver me I don't want to live of the world so as Hardy sings tonight we're going to invite leaders up here 
believe that there's at least one. If nothing, there's at least one of you that needs it. At least one of you needs to be delivered of whatever you're facing. And I wish I could tell you what it was, but I don't know. But one of you needs to be delivered just as God's people were. So dear Jesus, I just thank you for for what you offer us. The promise of deliverance. The promise of the cross. It's all because of the cross. It's all because of your sacrifice. You lived a perfect life and had to die for it. But it was for us. It was to make us whole. So dear Jesus, as we as our leaders get ready and students come forward, I just pray that you move. Deliver people tonight, God. To stay caught up with us as a youth ministry, go to PC Youth Salem on Instagram and YouTube and join us Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific time for our live stream. Have a great week.